The following program contains comic mischief commonly found in PG-rated family-friendly films. It does not necessarily represent the values of this station. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. That's M-A-G-I podcast.com. Previously on the show, the three Magi learned the true meaning of Christmas, but not before King Herod could cook up an evil scheme to get rid of baby Jesus once and for all. Chapter 7, In Sync. Hands up, tools! Against all odds and annoying everyone, Herod has followed his Time Orb's homing beacon to the front door of Kevin's cozy suburban home. You have reached your destination. Of course. Troubleshooting mode. Inconspicuously, John slips his glowing time orb onto the counter behind him and conceals it under a bowl. Herod struts into the house with a pompous swagger. Who is this clown? I know what's in here somewhere. Hand over the power source or... Hey, that smells pretty good. What is that? Herod shuffles over to the dinner table and shovels some carved turkey into his mouth. Hello? Listen, pal, you can't just barge in here and start filling your face. Herod slashes his sword in front of Kevin's face. Sorry, fatty. I just walked like a million miles, okay? Freezing, tired, but yo, seriously, did you make, who made this? Kevin raises a hand. Herod knights Mm -hmm. him with his sword. Mm -hmm. Listen, this is really good. I'm sorry I called you fatty. Turning on a dime, Herod grabs David and holds the sword to his throat. Here's the deal. John and Katie both go to save David, but Herod tightens (gasps) the sword to his neck. Back it up, pretty boy. You too, princess. Herod pockets his non-working time orb. I know there's a power source or a glowing ball or something here to get me back in time. Where is it? Where is it? John glances quickly at the bowl on the counter that's hiding his glowing time orb. Catching the glance, Herod notices a blue glow peeking out from under the bowl's rim. Grab it. Go. Mom. It's going to be okay, David. Held hostage by Herod, David uncovers the time orb and palms it with trepidation. There we go. Unseen by Herod, David makes secret eye contact with John. John gives him a little nod. It's cool. One of those cool secret nods, you know? You know. Herod, listen, I know you think you know what's going on, but this is really a lot bigger than... Look, it's nothing personal, okay? But I can't have some baby growing up to be more famous than me. You get that. By killing a baby? Isn't that a little dark? Hey, shut up, okay? I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Besides, dark is cool. Without warning, David stomps on Herod's foot. David tries to squirm away, but Herod holds on. In the scuffle, David drops the time orb. Guys, whatever happens, we can't let Herod get to that stable. The stable? Herod pushes David into the Magi, then dies for the orb. John, Katie, and Kevin are left behind, bewildered, realizing that the Magi, Herod, and David have vanished. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. The three Magi and David appear in the night sky above a dark sea, thrashing in an epic rainstorm. They splash down into chaos. Waves crash ruthlessly as everyone clambers to stay above water. He's getting away! 
Hey. Treading the waves, Mel gestures to Herod, who's trudging through crumbling onshore waves to reach land. David struggles in the current. Power swimming in his direction, Baz finds herself in the path of a massive wooden fishing boat. She dives and evades the vessel, watching it lumber past her towards the shore. Finally, Baz grabs David from the water. Hold on to me. Don't let go. I recognize the boats. In Bethlehem is not far. Over the horizon, where dark storm clouds have dispersed, Mel spots the star of Bethlehem, a radiant speck shimmering in the muted expanse. The star! There it is! The star! We gotta find that stable before Herod does. I thought you were some kind of angel. There's gotta be something you can do. John holds up a finger in Kevin's face. Hello? Hello? I can't get through. These earth phones are useless. You're saying that my son has traveled through time and there's nothing you can do to get him back. There's protocol, okay? I can't just go around instigating. Never mind. I don't know why they give us this special number to call if we can't... He dials again. He covers the phone's mouthpiece. The Magi, they're wild. But your son is in good hands. I'm going to find a way to get your boy back home, but in the meantime... I need you guys to have a little faith. Faith, right. Kevin palms a bottle of wine from the counter and chugs. John gawks at the iPhone one more time. They're probably all in stupid choir practice. The wall blasts into a cloud of drywall dust as Chomper, soaked to the bone with icicles dangling from his armor, bursts into the room. He's come to bust walls and eat... Huh? Oh, I already used that line? Kevin spits his wine everywhere and shields Katie from flying debris. What the heck is going on? Thrashing around violently, the giant barbarian swipes a wall that turns out to be load-bearing. A section of roof caves in, and the resulting collapse buckles down into the main floor. John is pulled down into the basement by a crumbling pile of wood and concrete. Yikes! Smoke billowing around him, John tries to climb out of the debris, but it's a mangled mess. Uh, yeah, he's not going anywhere. Guys, uh, I'll be right there. Just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Shielding Katie as they move around the perimeter of the kitchen together, Kevin grabs a turkey baster as a weapon. He squirts gravy at the giant. Move slowly. Its vision is based on movement. Dad, this isn't Jurassic Park. You don't know that. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Lee Harden, stand-up comedian, just released a special with Drybar Comedy, and it is free to watch, 100% free to watch. Download the Drybar Comedy app in the App Store, Google Play Store, search for Lee Harden. You can watch the entire thing for free. Once again, Drybar Comedy, search for Lee Harden. You can also find me at leehardencomedy.com. Thank you, guys. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas. The adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Under pouring rain, Baz, Mel, Casper, and David book it across a starlit beach. Mel, what is that you're wearing? The old man called them uh, overalls. It looks like a bucket made of cloth. What about you? What are those supposed to be? This is a t-shirt. And these are jeans. I think these uh, jeans need to be thrown away. Look at those holes. And what is uh, sync supposed to mean? I don't know. 
It reminds me of us. We're supposed to be in sync for a mission. Get it? You guys are hilarious. Trees and stacks of ancient canoes litter the sopping wet sand. As they run, Baz tilts her gaze into the sky and sees the brilliantly shining star of Bethlehem. Directly down from the star in the distance, she makes out a small structure. It's just like that angel man said. That's gotta be it. Running past a tree, David has seized suddenly, violently. Did you guys pay any attention to those pathetic songs in the future? Did you really listen? Spinning on a dime, Baz, Mel, and Casper discover Herod holding a sword to David's throat. He's getting a lot of mileage out of this human shield move. Let him go! Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. David, it's gonna be okay! The little Lord Jesus is soon to be dead! When I wipe out the Messiah baby, all that Christmas garbage is gonna go bye-bye. No more blinking lights. No more cute family reunions. No more baby king stealing my spotlight. David tries to stomp on Herod's foot again, but Herod anticipates it and jerks David around. Get ready for a new future where Christmas is dead and Herod is forever. It'll never happen. People will always seek hope. People will always seek cheeseburgers. Hope is dumb, just like you. Swinging his sword behind him, Herod strikes a tree against which a taut rope is fastened. The rope now cut was suspending a giant net of fish above the Magi. It plummets, and with a hundred splats, the Magi are covered in fish guts and scales. Gross. Taking advantage of the distraction, Herod makes a break for it with David in tow. Hunkered down behind the couch, Katie and Kevin hide from Chomper, who's shuffling through the living room. Peeking nervously over the top of the couch, Katie watches the giant take a big sniff. With a grunt, the beast's head snaps in her direction and Katie dives back down. Did it see you? I don't know. I don't know. The giant makes two steps towards the couch and then gets a whiff of a bowl of assorted nuts and he samples them. The streets of Bethlehem are crowded even at this hour, since the Roman census has brought everybody from their hometowns. Herod is jostled, elbowed, and tripped as he drags David through the crowd. His eyes never leave the star, shining impossibly bright in the otherwise gloomy sky. David's crying out for help, but it can barely be heard over the crowd. Out of my way, I said. Help me. Jerking David into an alleyway, Herod covers the squirming kid's mouth with his hand. Shut up. You shut up or I'll kill you too. Don't test me, kid. Not today. Herod grabs a scarf from an abandoned draper's cart and forces it on David, covering his face. Looking up again, Herod spots the Star of Bethlehem in the orange and red sky. Directly below it, the stable. Bingo. At the far end of the alley, Herod notices a pair of royal centurions on patrol and he gets an idea. Psst. Hey. Hey, guys. Your Highness? What are you doing here among the commoners? Who's the kid? Never mind, shut up, listen. There's these three crazy magi on my tail. A stupid girl, a big dumb nerd, and their old pasty grandpa. They're trying to kill me. Who want us to kill them instead? See, I knew I trained you guys well. That's exactly what I want. Sound the alarm, chop them up into tiny little pieces. You know, have fun with it. The guards fist bump, then go into a long secret handshake. It lasts a while. Wrap it up, guys, let's go. Almost done. Still going. Yep. Oh, okay, trick ending. You know, I love secret handshakes, could I? Maybe I could be a part of this thing. They're doing jazz hands. And there we go. Let's do it. 
The three magi careen into the market as shoppers and shopkeepers push past them on their way home. In the sky, Baz spots the same thing Herod did, the star of Bethlehem directly above the stable. We're so close. Baz, Mel, and Casper train their eyes to the rooftop, where centurions are blowing into animal horns. The Magi stiffen as they watch ranks of armed guards pouring from all corners of the market. Either chainmail surplus is having a blowout sale, or our heroes are in for some trouble. Okay, this should be real fun. From the collapsed basement, John peers through a hole in the floorboards and watches Chomper munch on a pumpkin pie. After laboring again to shove massive chunks of rubble out of his way, John slumps to the floor. It's useless, he's trapped. John spots the gleam of Kevin's iPhone ringing in the debris. Frantically, he recovers it and answers. Hello? Hello? It's Michael, John's boss. That's me. I'm wearing a white choir robe and cheap costume wings, but you know, totally pulling it off. John, this is Michael returning your calls. All of them. I'm in the middle of choir practice. Do you have everything under control or not? No, 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 no. John, you were supposed to take care of this. I shuffle behind my desk and start rifling through paperwork. Scheduled maintenance, John. It was supposed to be routine. Do you have any idea? I find the file I'm looking for and swipe all my other files onto the floor. Well, it looks like the tenors will have to make do without me this year. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Do you like podcasts? Sure. What about movies? Yeah, I guess. What about men? Uh... Well, then you need to listen to the Movie Men podcast. <laughs> all right, I will. Whoa, pal. That's not all. What? Why? What, what else is there? As a listener of the show, weekly, you get to choose what movie it is that we watch and review. Wow, this sounds amazing. Where can I listen? Pretty much everywhere. Just go to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and type in The Movie Man Podcast. Thank you, sir. You are very welcome. Welcome back to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Kevin and Katie hide between a wall and the back of the couch. Kevin peers over and sees Chomper now picking at the turkey carcass. He isn't taking time to really savor the taste. Kevin plummets back down behind the couch. Katie's stare is like daggers into his soul. You did it. Chomper turns their way. Kevin wears profound guilt. Maybe he didn't hear it. Well, he's definitely going to smell it. Clever girl. Spotting a pile of wrapped presents beneath the tree, Katie inches to the edge of the couch and stretches her arm out, but she just can't quite reach. Grunting like a frustrated gorilla, Chomper nudges the couch, squishing Kevin and Katie against the wall. How is this thing still hungry? Katie strains to reach the presents inches from her fingers as Chomper presses the couch again. There's ice cream in the freezer. Maybe he wants that. Finally, the barbarian swipes the couch, sending it flying across the room and smashing through the hallway wall. Exposed now, Katie dies for the presence. Kevin stands before the menacing barbarian. Hey, buddy. How's the turkey? You find it a little dry? A ceramic plate shatters against Chomper's head. And there's Katie, holding a stack of ceramic plates. Not exactly how Kevin intended them to be unwrapped, but hey, a handy gift nonetheless. Thanks, Dad. Just what I wanted. She winds up and hurls another one. 
Dashing through the market, Baz, Mel, and Casper narrowly evade Royal Centurions at every turn. The thrilling chase takes us through a series of narrow corridors, dusty streets, and open courtyards. Huh? What's that? Action voice? Nah. Action voice is so act two. A dozen centurions close in as the exhausted magi find themselves surrounded atop a large flat rooftop. The crisp sun has begun its descent into the distant dunes, baking the horizon in a blanket of dark burnt orange. You like that? Teaching you both has been the pride of my life. But let's be honest, the best part's the fights. <sighs> The three magi charge the centurions head on. The battle is upbeat and cooperative, with the magi shoving, throwing, and kicking the hapless centurions around. I, I wish you could see this. I wish you could feel the action. The guards try to draw their swords, but the magi's quick-paced fighting style shuts them down at every turn. They're so cool. Mel and Casper grab Baz's arms and swing her around. That's right, her human helicopter kicks and six centurions toppling to the floor. I mean, come on. Guys, we're losing against two weather girls and an old man. Do we suck or something? Let's get him! The lead guard finally manages to draw his sword, and the others draw their weapons too, and suddenly the Magi find themselves pressed against a ledge. At the line, Astro nerds. But then Mel spots a clothesline draped in colorful garments. With swords clinking and slicing before them, Casper peers over the ledge behind. He swallows hard, dizzied by the long way down. He shares a grim look with Baz. This is looking pretty bad. Should have just stuck with what you know. Actually, that's exactly what I'm doing. Holding out both his hands, Mel supplies Baz and Casper with thick, colorful garments. Nice. I had a good teacher. The three magi swoop away on another makeshift zipline, leaving the centurion stunned and ashamed. Yo, we're in deep trouble, but that was pretty sweet. Right? How do we get their job? The Magi zip through a window and find themselves in a crowded room with throbbing bass and dim lights. Hundreds of men and women dance wildly. It's loud, it's sweaty, it's a dance club. Hi, what's the big idea? Sorry. The crowd pushes and pulls and the Magi struggle to their feet. Baz spots a door at the other end of the room. She motions for Mel and Casper to follow her and they struggle through the crowd towards the exits. As Baz pushes past the dancers, she's separated further and further from her allies. A centurion grabs at her clothes. I got her! Baz struggles to get free, but the centurion pulls her back. She can't get traction. She's grabbed and pulled by another guard and another. She clamors for a grip on some of the dancers around her, but they slink away. The crowd closes in around her, and Baz is certain that she's been captured, but then, out of nowhere, Mel and Casper grab hold of her arms. Slamming the wooden door behind them and latching the simple steel locking mechanism, the three magi find themselves in a small auxiliary room. That was uh, too close. Baz rushes to the window at the other end of the small room and quickly finds the star, a pinpoint of white in a sheet of red sky. Below it, she finds a stable. They're close. Running towards the stable and looking tiny as ants, she spots Herod and David. The window lets out onto a tall mound of sand that declines steeply 50 feet down to the ground. The Magi could safely roll down this hill. We have to go right now. Mel climbs out of the window and rolls safely with a few skids down the dirt mound, landing safely on his feet at the base of the hill. Back inside now, swords crash through the cheap door and centurion hands begin to tear the wood apart. Baz is about to jump, but Casper grabs her shoulder. If I'm gonna go down, this is the best way. Casper, don't. Save the holy child. 
You must make haste. The guards bust down the door and pour into the room like zombies. After punching out one of the guards, Casper shoves Baz out of the window. He charges into the swarm of centurions. Mel watches as Baz skids deftly down the mound. When she makes it to his side, she looks up. Where is Casper? Thank you for listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Stay tuned for Episode 8, where King Herod and the three Magi collide at a dusty old stable in ancient Bethlehem for a final climactic confrontation. Magi and the Quest for Christmas was written and directed by Francois Goudreau, with Andrew Collins and John Austin contributing to the radio play and additional story by Julia Appleton and Jay Nielsen. Original score composed by Michael Patterson and original songs provided by the band Lightheart. The production featured the voice talent of three-time Emmy Award winner Cam Cornelius, Khadija Tula, John Barker, Jacob Goudreau, Julia Appleton, Jason John Stewart as the narrator, and me, Mike Lane. To hear Magi and the Quest for Christmas again, or to hear what you missed, head to magipodcast.com. Or you can also find the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Your life is far from meaningless. <laughs> <laughs>